Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Tupac, oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz of course on wrestle culture as i said though joined by michael so look ahead to never gets old that uh, and a royal great <laughs> and a royal episode of royal Rampage. episode uh, a 20-man battle royal to dive straight in uh, to set up moxley's first opponent for his interim AEW Championship. Uh, this is better than a casino battle royal, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I don't know if it's under Rumble rules or World War Three rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot completely, by the way, that obviously with Dynamite and Blood and Guts, that, oh yeah, Rampage will have two rings as well. Yeah. Why hasn't Ray Phoenix got a match still? I don't know. But I don't know, but still, this is a really nice way of making use of the two rings so it's not just weird. There's no, like, sort of logistical like nightmare of creating a one ring setup and then adjusting the seats. So they had to do something with the two rings and it sort of dovetails perfectly into the fact that John Moxie will need a first TV challenger. Uh, we don't know when CM Punk's back, but even if he's back like next week, they're still going to save Mox uh, versus Punk for all out. If in fact Punk's ready for them. So you need something to do in the meantime. This is a really good way of doing it. And not only that, It's a bit of a deft quality to Rampage this week because they've spent a lot of time, obviously, um, building the Forbidden Door show. And obviously, they've advanced quietly or quite strongly certain AEW developments. I know they're bringing together um, Swerve and Our Glory and Team Taz again. And they've really emphasized throughout the Forbidden Door build the Christian Cage um, heel turn. But, you know, it's time to resume all Mm -hmm. AEW business. And a Battle Royale is a really great way of doing that because you can set up various mid-card feuds. um, You can advance certain things. Um, It's a great storyline vehicle to do things is a Battle Royale. Mm -hmm. So it just, it works. It's very deft and dovetailing in terms of this booking. And I'm really looking forward to it. Everyone likes a Battle Royale or at least the last five minutes of them. Um, I've 
stayed away from all spoilers. So I'm going into this totally yeah. fresh. Got kind of no idea who's going to win it. I've got some ideas of who I'd like to win it, which I'll get into shortly. But no, it just seems like a really astute match to book for both logistical, boring purposes. We've got two rings. And let's set some storylines up and let's give Moxley a really cool match before mm-hmm. um, the inevitable punk one. Sweet TK has uh, tweeted out the rules, by the way, for this. Yeah, the red and blue stuff. He's designated a r- one of the rings red and one of them blue. Yes. Are we going to get a color scheme? Why's it blue? Why's it blue? I'll tell you what. I know one of them's the red ring and one of them's the blue. I don't know if this is going to be like the ropes or the ring skirts or whatever. If they're going to call it Royal Rampage, mm-hmm. which is effectively the Royal Rumble, <laughs> right? Um, and people are entering every 60 seconds. A lot of people have kind of complained that, right, okay, the right Rampage in each corner of the ring, and now it's not even that because it's the DraftKings sponsor. People have complained, right? One of the reasons why people are a little bit like low on Rampage is that it's visually indistinguishable from Dynamite. And people, you know, they've got the hard on about the, uh, or a wide on, or whatever, about <laughs> the goddamn SmackDown Fist. You know how much I hate the SmackDown Fist? You know how much I, I love the SmackDown Fist? I think I hate the SmackDown Fist more than Bruce Pritchard, more than Vince McMahon, more than Stephanie. <laughs> because people think it's sentient. Yes. And that, you know, if they just brought the fist back, you know, <laughs> the booking would be good again. It's like, you stupid. Wait a second. We're doing 4.8 again. Yeah, like, are you stupid? Like, that's just not the way it happens. Um, but that being said, it did at least, the, the, the image of the SmackDown fist, I understand why people get confused that, you know, a, a, a giant prop can book. <laughs> it's because they have, they conflate the memories of the fist with good booking, right? And it's because at the time, the SmackDown fist, it's a vivid, memorable period of SmackDown as opposed to um, 2019. You'll never remember a goddamn thing that happened on that show. Like 2017, rather. Because 2019 was stupidly memorable. Basically, what I'm getting at is that them doing the Royal Rampage, do a burgundy ring apron, like the early years of the WWF Royal Rumble. Oh, my God. Just if you're going to kind of take the piss with what the inspiration behind the name is, have more fun with it. Make Rampage visually distinct. I think there's a wider um, debate to be had about how they can freshen up the show. Honestly, at some point, I can very much imagine this: the name of the show getting changed, the theme getting changed, because at the minute, Rampage has been stigmatized as, as we always say, the 7 out of 10 show yeah. with some really good matches, but... Where can you not see good matches these days? It's been stigmatized as an inessential product that fewer and fewer people are watching, and the ratings decline is getting alarming at this point. Um, it's very much predictable, good action. The days of Kingston and Danielson doing something incredible on it. And I know Phoenix and Andrade did, but that felt like an aberration. Ultimately, I think they are going to change the name of the show. AW Fuse? Yeah. Yes. Still holding out for it. Still holding out for Fuse <laughs> with like in just a, a relaunch of sorts because the name Rampage, I wouldn't say it's in the mud, but it's nowhere near the level of Dynamite, yeah. which is kind of what we were promised. Um, Burgundy Ring Apron. Shall I run you through the 20 wrestlers? Why don't we run through each wrestler, all 20, and I'll tell you A, if they've got a chance of winning, and B, if I would like them to win. Okay. I'm just going left to right on yeah. this graphic. Kaz. No chance. And I was going to say, don't want to see the match. When in fact, Kaz and Mox had a Daily's Place pandemic era match. And it was pretty damn oh, yeah. awesome. Pretty damn awesome. So it'd be weird. I think people would just bury Kaz for being booked to win, which would be unfair. 
no one would take it seriously. We've kind of seen the match already, so no one know. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Silver. Would love to see Moxie versus Silver. Oh. Silver getting absolutely brutalized by Mox, getting sympathy because, you know, he's a shorter fella. Mm-hmm. And then doing his big, massive kick in the face at warp speed comeback would actually be great. I could almost see them doing it, and I would quite like to see it. Orange Cassidy, what a week he's had. Yes, he's had an awesome week. Um, I feel like I would obviously love to see him versus Moxley. I think the character contrasts would make for an absolutely fantastic match. Cassidy's comeback against a monster in the ring like Moxley would be great. I feel like it's too soon to do Moxley versus Cassidy. I feel like genuinely, if they can keep Cassidy as hot as he is, he could even headline a pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, So... No and no, but only because the timing is not right. Uh, Andrade's new best mate, Roosh. It would be some way to introduce him with conviction. Um, The match would be very good. Um, We didn't have a chance to talk about Andrade's match last week, did we? Yeah, it was class. Because we did, uh, yeah. So much fun. So, so much fun. Like, really impactful. That was the thing. Like, it was really, like, the collision detection on those dives. was Really, really meaty. Um, It was loads of fun. Um, but just was always going to get overshadowed. Um, Roosh, I feel like they're going to set something up with him. Yeah. I don't think they're going to put... This is his in-ring AEW debut, so I expect he'll last the distance, and I think they'll set up a storyline direction for him deep, deep, deep into a match. He's not going to go out in five minutes. No. He's far too, and this is a euphemism, Roosh is far too politically savvy to not get something out of this match. Let's just put it that way. Exactly. Someone who he could potentially feud with uh, and a strong contender for this match, Hangman Page. Yes. The inclusion of Hangman Page here is very, very interesting indeed. He kind of at least has to go to the final two. Yeah. It's my understanding that there's going to be simultaneous battle royals happening in each ring and the and the person who wins the kind of two mini battle royals. That's what I get, they yeah. do a kind of a singles match, but with battle royale rules. I'd be amazed if Page isn't one of the final two. Um, it, again, it's far... T- he's, I can't see him losing to Mox in a TV match. I feel like that would stigmatize him as like almost a relegation. So I think they'll be very careful about a storyline direction for him stemming from this. Because otherwise, why put him in? Yeah, exactly. If you're not going to put him in the yeah, yeah, tournament yeah. thing that they had with Mox, then and they, you, know, you need him to... Uh, a bit like John Cena back in the day. You need to keep him sort of busy and give him a justification for being like, right, the reason why I'm not going after world title right now is because I'm pissed off with this person and they can go off and feud and do that for a bit. Yeah. Uh, one of the new stars of AEW uh, this year and the man whose name I'm probably going to butcher, Konosuke Takeshita. Konosuke Takeshita. Oh, Absolutely. Um, Love him. Really growing me here, has. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's absolutely fantastic. So fantastic that, yes, I can see him winning. Yes, I would like him to win. I would feel like he's one of the strong contenders. The idea of a TV-level challenger is someone you kind of know isn't going to win, but will emerge from such a match, which would be fantastic, by the way. Mox works so good against larger opponents, which, don't worry, I'll get to, um, that I think he would get loads and loads out of a spirited defeat. And you know how much I love a spirited defeat. Oh. Good news, bad news. No offense to this guy. Because he's terrifying. But if you said to me, or said to you especially, Sige, they've got this 20-man tournament. It's got two rings and one of death triangles in it. It's Penta. You're like, ah, I realize you can't do pack. He's all Atlantic. and uh, I wish you'd gone for the other one. Yeah, it's it's the sad fate that has befallen Penta. And the match would be really good. 
Um, really, so I'd love the idea of them to um, doing their body language to each other, if that mm. makes any kind of sense. Like Mox's puffed chest, the defiance, like looking almost pissed off at the glove stuff. I'll go yes and yes for this. I w- if it happened, I would be pleasantly surprised. Bring Shooter back in, and Mox can say Shooter says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> yeah. Tag says, uh, "Powerhouse Hobbs again, Whoa. again." I would that absolutely love pick, to actually. see this. And there's a little bit of history with them, Hobbs and Mox, because before I think they were going to do some kind of trios match, uh, where Hobbs was going to side with Mox or a tag team match, but I think some kind of. Um, medical protocol issue meant that match didn't happen and mm-hmm. they had to change gears. Uh, but Mox had endorsed them. They could bring that up on the TV build. But I expect, um, given other competitors in the match, that there's a certain storyline that's going to be advanced. Yes. Uh, I'm just looking at this just photo of him. I got lost in his uh, absolute peace. Ricky Starks. Yeah, again, yes and yes. Would love to see it. I could see them doing it. The timing isn't right because clearly the fact that members of Team Taz and Swerve and Our Glory are in this match, Indeed. clearly they're going to advance that program. Uh, the more uh, Royal Rampage would not be complete without one Keith Lee. Oh, absolutely not. Any chance that he's winning? No, because of the reasons I've just said. Ah, you see, I was kind of hoping, I think you're right, actually. I was kind of hoping my pick was going to be Swerve because, yeah, I'd like to see Moxie versus Swerve, but I think you're probably right now. I think for the same, all the reasons you've just given, those four lads in together, they're going to, you know, they've yeah. they teased stuff before. Yeah, it's clearly there. On the paper, actually, yeah. Team Taz's win in this match against Swerve Nard Glory is going to act as the catalyst for the Swerve Nard Glory breakup. So I feel like that's going to get touched upon in some way. Uh, the man most likely to tash- Taka Mishinoku himself in this uh, rumble, Darby Allen. <laughs> Again, this is interesting. He's kind of, I know he's. I wouldn't say he's faded from relevance, but losing to Kyle O'Reilly was a strange one. I understand that Kyle's injured, so they haven't been able to capitalize on that win. Um, but I just feel like, has he gone down in the pecking order? Do they not see him as the main event guy because the influx of so much new talent over the past um, year? But like Darby Allen was kind of a one-day AEW world champ. Mm-hmm. He feels kind of far removed from that. So again, I don't think... Like Mox and Darby Allen have had two singles matches on Dynamite. They've both been... Fantastic. Um, really gutsy displays from Darby, who got kind of murdered in both, but <laughs> no-sold murder in that really cool sort of spirited underdog way. Um, yes and yes. would love to see it again, and I can see them doing it. Uh, they come as a sort of package deal, so I'm going to stick them together here. Butcher and the Blade. Uh, the Butcher and Mox had this match right. Again, it was in the pandemic, and it was a little bit wonky because the Butcher, um, you know, he's got... Not much experience, but mm-hmm. he's still such a great performer that he's almost better for how gnarly and messy he is. <laughs> and that match took a while to get there, if I recall. But it was like a really good sort of showcase for the Butcher, who everyone kind of loves. I could absolutely see them going for the Butcher again here. Um, Mox works brilliantly against larger opponents, but there's a different larger opponent. That's my ultimate, I want this to happen pick, and we'll get to him imminently. The Blade, any chance? Yeah. He's good. Like, oh. He's really well liked, but there's no chance realistically. Uh, Dustin Rhodes? Um, he beat Lance Archer earlier this year, and that didn't go anywhere. I believe Dustin Rhodes might have got injured in him. Oh, yeah. Um, amid that. that, that was a weird one. That's just popped back into my head. Um, I think Dustin Rhodes at this stage of his career. No. No. Um, 
he could be like a great foil for someone to th- for a heel to throw out and make people feel good and get some heat. Max Caster, uh, no, can no he, one, no. I don't get like caught by his daddy on the outside. Maybe yeah, they could do some bollocks with him. I guess. Look, he's a fun tag guy, but I don't think they'll go for him. I think it cheapens. They're already run the risk of like an interim title not feeling quite as. It's not the real thing if they cheapen it with what would kind of be a comedy match, and not particularly good one because Caster in singles has never done anything for me. Yet, yeah, no and no. Uh, Tony Nice and his tiny knees. Uh, no one, no, no disrespect to Tony Nice, but uh, he's not there right now, is he? He's, he's just a guy who can do some really cool stuff at the end of a. He could be deep in the field. Mm. He can sort of get. Oh yeah, yeah. He'll take a great bump out of the ring, and I think that's what he's there to do. Matt Hardy. No and no forever. Then now forever. Just no. Sick of the sight of him, if I'm being perfectly honest. Hey, a man who's got a history of having first title defence matches. Dante Martin. <laughs> yeah, we've seen him and Mox very, very recently on Rampage. No one know. Brody King, final that's, final. that's who I'd love to see. Yeah. This is my ultimate. If I could have anyone work a match with Moxley on TV and not pay-per-view, it would be Brody King, and that's before I even saw his name included here. The guy's absolutely incredible. Um... And one of my favourite AEW matches ever to this day is John Moxley versus Mr. Brody Lee at Double or Nothing. They did the uh, Whisper It, possibly an even better version of the Taz Bam Bam spot because it was through the wooden stage. I remember. And it was now like the cardboard because obviously there was a, a there must have been, but it was so perfectly obscured, some kind of um, crash mat mm-hmm. below the stage. But because it exploded so beautifully, the visual was great. All you could see was like the, looked like two by fours on the beams. Yeah. So for all intents and purposes, it looked like Brody Lee's head had been spiked through loads and loads of two by fours. And he came up having bladed himself, just looking like this monster who had no sort of, the lights were on, but nobody was home. But because he was such a monster, his primal instinct allowed him to keep fighting against Moxley. It was just such a well acted um, performance on the part of Brody Lee. And you know what Moxie did? Or rather, do you know what he didn't do? He didn't go, oh my God, I thought I'd... I thought I'd pounded him into, you know, the whatever, like oblivion because mm. I'd smashed him through the, uh, the the stage with a paradigm shift. He didn't go, oh my God, with a shocked face. I can't believe he's back up. You know why? Because that would waste valuable time <laughs> because he was about to get absolutely annihilated by Brody Lee. So instead of doing that, what he did was he bit him kicked him, elbowed him as hard and as fast as he can because instead of acting shocked, he decided, oh my God, I'm going to have to batter this guy, otherwise he's coming for me. Yeah. And then, because they're so good at their best, AEW, of putting people over in defeat, Brody Lee kicks out of the paradigm shift. I think it won, even having been bad through the stage. So Moxley, he didn't react shocked. You know why? Because he thought, I'm going to get ended by this guy, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to batter him as hard and as fast as I can, even harder and faster than the last time. It was such a brutal, rapid barrage of strikes in that finishing sequences. It's one of my favorite finishing sequences ever. I think they could replicate that magic in a match between Mox and Brody King. And if Brody King can sort of perform as the monster, even a felled monster, half as good as Brody Lee did a double or nothing, even if he loses, he will emerge with nothing but credit in the bank. 
I agree. I think you might have, have called it there. I'd say outside bet, maybe someone like Powerhouse Hobbs. Like all the people in the Swerve in Our Glory team task thing take each other out of it and somehow Powerhouse Hobbs, you know, maybe miscommunication between Swerve and Lee or whatever you want to do. But I think you might be right. Looking at that field, if I didn't know, you know, maybe I'd pick a Miro, or although he said the the interim titles beneath him. It's brilliant interview with Andrew Pollard. What culture wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. And on YouTube. And on YouTube. Um, uh, I think, you know, if I didn't know who the people were that was going to be in it, I might have picked someone else. But, yeah. I'm going to turn my nose up at Brody King versus love Moxley. I just think that match would be absolutely For killer. a match where you know someone's retaining the title, that's going to be a hell of a hell of a time. That's the trick. That's why wrestling promoters, and Khan in particular, go to the um, the Lance Archer Nyla rules well so often because they pose a physical threat. So in the midst of the match, you do think, all right, they've got the number because they're so big. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Well, speaking of uh, Nyla Rose, she's in action tonight against Tony Storm, who uh, put in a hell of an effort, but was slightly, it was unsuccessful at Forbidden Door against Thunder Rosa. Sort of question marks as to where they go next with the women's world title. Um, and as a result of that, I don't really know how you call this one either, because Nyla Rose could easily be elevated back as a title challenger because oh, yeah. for the reasons you often give of just like, she's just a monster. I love Nyla Rose. I think she's great. I think she, you know, should have, there should have been more attention when she was world champion, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, her and Tony Storm should put on a show here. They should. Um, I'm sick of... I'm not sick of Nyla Rose. Her Twitter game is incredible. It's not... <laughs> it's, sometimes it's, like, lame on purpose, and I can. she still gets away with it, even though I hate that kind of comedy, apart from when you do it. <laughs> um, 
but at the same time, her shelf life has expired for me as a character in AEW. In the in the heel role, I think that, and I've said this probably a million times, but she's so endearing on Twitter and just a likable person anyway that I think it's beyond time at this point to um, turn her face. Mm-hmm. Like people really like her, people really gravitate towards her on. Um, Didn't they have a weirdly associated with like Marina Shafir or someone recently? Yeah, so that might play into some typically convoluted AEW post-match stuff. But ultimately, I don't ever at this point take Nyla Rose seriously as the the big baddie heel. I think the match should be of a half-decent standard, um, but I do think it exists just to make people believe in Tony Storm again. And I think Nyla Rose at this point in her career is a shortcut. Mm-hmm. And as much as I think she deserves more, I'm still bored of her in that role. Just thought so Tony Storm to win. I just thought because I was always booking Tony Storm as a as, as probable world champion. I was kind of surprised uh, on Sunday. Yes, Sunday at Forbidden Door. Sorry, these Saturday-Sunday pay-per-views are really messing me up. Um She'd be a hell of a uh, Jade Cargill challenge, wouldn't she? She would. I worry about that result of Forbidden Door. It makes me feel like they're going the Ruby Riot, uh, Ruby Soho route, wherein they get someone because she's really talented and they want to put her on TV because she's over and she's got that sort of ex-WWE intrigue. And then they realise, all right, well, we don't want her to win the title, but we want her in a big match so she can lose that. We'll worry, the rest, worry about the rest of it later. So, yeah, my concern is that... She's just going to go in that direction. But, you know, the fact that they're booking her on TV almost immediately after is possibly a positive sign that they might still see it in a long term. Mm. Tony Storm will win this. I agree. Um, the Forbidden Door is closing. Not quite closed. Still slightly ajar because there is a, well, like a championship contenders match sort of tonight. An they eliminator. An eliminator yeah. in their own verbiage. Uh, the Young Bucks, I forgot to mention this on the Dynamite review, and thankfully no one really called me out on it, but I'm going to mention it now. Slight tease of we've got no friends left except for Hangman Page. Uh, really cool. Really, really cool. Um, I expect this match to be great. Um, Goto and Yoshihashi, who won on the buy-in. Yeah, they beat uh, Marshall and Solo. Uh, I was listening to Observer Radio. No spoilers. Um, but they said that with it being after Blood and Guts, which compounds the usual problem with Rampage, like the fans are pretty cold to start, but the Young Bucks were at such a good match that they got really sort of into it at the end. I love the Eliminator thing, and I love how they've been very careful with it. Um, I love the idea that they've so often said, all right, well, we're going to do an Eliminator. If you beat us, you get a title match, and then just went, all right, okay, well, the champions have actually retained. It um, means that's not just an empty device to very cheaply build towards a title match. <laughs> WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, the fact that it exists does make you think, well... Is that the reason why the match is happening? I just think they've played their hand quite perfectly with this eliminator business. So you're always going to think, well, why would they... So the idea is they want you to think, well, why, if the Young Bucks are just going to win, would they put the eliminator gimmick on? It's just to add drama Mm -hmm. to this match. Um, I'm really looking forward to it because, A, it's a Young Bucks match and they literally never miss. And um, their particular heel exploits work perfectly against this unit. Yoshihashi's kind of a meme character, right? Where he's got kind of a blank... He's like, he's pretty... Basically, you know that old office gag where if you fell in a barrel of tits, you come up sucking your thumb. That's how <laughs> unlucky you are. Um, Yoshihashi's had that... Um, he's a bit of a figure of fun. 
He's had pretty unfortunate luck in his career. He's very solid, but he's way more like endearing for being not the best pro wrestler. Mm -hmm. um, he's just kind of like an endearing figure. The Young Bucks can absolutely work heel wonders against this guy because he's just, whether he really intends to be or not, he's a massive generator of sympathy. And if they beat him up and beat him up and beat him up and get the crowd on side and make you feel sort of something for Yoshihashi, Goto is just an absolute stiff, hard bastard. Nearly, really, uh, nearly full Moxley, of course. Yeah, with a really cool look. Um, a New Japan legend. So him sort of stepping through the ropes and standing up with the Young Bucks could be great. And Yoshihashi firing up, even if it looks endearingly naff, would still get a huge pepper. So I just think this particular um, pairing is really, really inspired. The Bucks will win. The stipulation will hopefully mean that I will not watch the match just expecting them to win. I'm expecting the most... Uh, that's what I'm looking for here. Incredulous fire spot, fire up spot of the year. Should be really cool. Uh, yeah, I want the Young Bucks to go back to that spot where they eliminate someone's partner and then go to the corner and be like, oh, tag me, tag me, and tag themselves in to just take the piss out of yeah, them. I love yeah. that spot. I, I mean this in the nicest possible way. It's going to come across as a really backhanded compliment here. But what a palate cleanser this would be to open the show because obviously this follows... It's not taped. It is taped, sorry, isn't it? It's following Blood and Guts. It's taped, yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah, of course it is. Spoilers are everywhere. We're trying to avoid them. Um... So yeah, going from blood and guts to the young look, 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 perfect way to adjust the crowd and presumably they main event the Royal Rumble. Maybe they don't. Maybe they open with the Royal Rampage. What do you reckon? Actually, I, I don't know. If I was them, I would open with the box because even though it's convoluted, that oh, it's lucky you've got Royal Rampage done within the hour. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I'd open with books, and I agree. I think they're going to retain. Uh, not retain, they're going to just win here, and then there isn't going to be a title match following that. Um, you mentioned the books there. You mentioned Forbidden Door. You mentioned All Out. Uh, we are now taking our sort of first steps on the road to All Out. It goes down at the beginning of September, of course, so it's a fair way off, good couple of months. Um, how do you see that going in terms of, like, you have two potentially right now, if we're fantasy booking two months down the road, Two easy contenders for the main event of the night. Them being, as you say, Mox versus Punk if Punk's ready for the, you know, who was the undisputed AW World Champion. But also, FTR and the Young Bucks have got a lot of belts. Yeah, it's a perfect time to run it back. They could do two out of three falls, winner takes all, with the idea being that they've got so many guys out injured that... So they've got so many guys out injured and... I think the main card for Forbidden Door fell actually short of four hours and had nine matches on it. Mm -hmm. And that everyone was raving about that show. It just really felt like the sweet spot for what yeah, this promotion I agree. should do. It flew by doing this stream. Flew by the sequencing, the number of matches, the match lengths. Like it was all so pitched perfectly. Um, so I just think that now that they've kind of hopefully stumbled upon the formula, in addition with the, the, the good byproduct of the horrible wave of injuries, is that right? Well, there aren't that many people to accommodate like we did a double or nothing so I think it's a perfect time to do like a 40 minute Young Bucks FTR main event two out of three falls for all gold um, so I'd love to see that not a bad card already two months away and we're there going Mox and Punk and all the builds with the yeah. two best tag teams in I've not heard anything about Punk I have to read the Observer about mm. when he's like hopefully he's going to be back I don't know what his injury is even no his leg a wheel injury is all yeah, I know no, really no. Or should we disclose it just as an incidental point? Yeah, you've said this in the office, yeah, with with everyone. I mean, obviously, the Danielson one's the most concerning because of everyone's yeah. 
big anxiety with him now. He seemed to clear that, obviously, when he said, oh, I can still do long division or whatever it is he didn't said. didn't say I can still, like, hop on one foot. Yeah. I can hop on both feet. All right, it's a foot injury. It's a head injury, obviously. So that would know, for God's sake. Um, and finally, I should say a massive congratulations. You know, people, there's a discourse on Twitter, and I avoid it at all costs, if I'm perfectly honest, and maybe... You know, rile up Andy Murray by saying, "Oh well, oh, NXT two, but it was better than Rampage or whatever." But it's all in good, good, good humour. But uh, all this so and so in the mud, you love to see it. Oh, you rubbish! And oh, the the channel's going to cancel this show. Apparently not with Dynamite. A billion viewers this week, <laughs> according to Brandon Thurston. I'm joking, of course. Shout out to the brilliant Brandon Thurston. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, who made uh, uh, a slight error, put an extra three zeros on the number. How did he do that? And the, and the internet subsequently exploded. And done what? Um, but what I should say is it's over a million in reality. Um, it Point was, three six. In yeah, the demo. Did, did well in the demos. Number one, I assume, in the demos. I didn't yes, double check this. One yeah, for the night, yeah. Um, Reassuring that because I think you and I quietly were, were concerned. Rampages is a you know a different kettle of fish, obviously, but Dynamite flagship show leading up to this big show, big pay per view, we were a bit concerned that it wasn't necessarily hitting the heights that it could do. And yes, there was the excuse and the justification of the Stanley Cup or whatever bloody sports show is going on alongside it. Now though, it seems to be less about that and. They've got their ducks in a row, AEW has. Yeah, I would hope so. Look, I want to give you a very boring and non-committal answer um, in that the really horrific number they had about, I think it was two weeks ago at this point, um, it was kind of explained in part by a freaky occurrence where just no one watched TV in the same level of numbers that they usually did across the States that night, and they were never, ever, ever not going to pop a strong number for blood and guts. If anything, I kind of thought it would be a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, such a wild gimmick attraction that performed so well last year. Um, it just feels like if they can't pull, like if you recall, there was a period last year when it was like, Jesus Christ, is AEW going to start beating Raw? Mm-hmm. Um, it was like ahead of Arthur Ashe, and it was between that All Out and Arthur Ashe, where I was like, you've got Danielson, and he's going to do this with Omega, and there was huge buzz around the company. Obviously, Punk had only recently returned. They were like breathing down the necks of those Raw demos. I think they actually beat them on two weeks. Um, if that blood and guts can't scale those heights, it just makes me think they're never, ever going to do it. Um, but in terms of the general, ultimately, what AEW fans shouldn't want them to beat WWE. Like, there's nothing really in it other than maybe a bigger rights fee. They should want something in the early to mid-30s every single week so they can get a better rights deal and they can continue to sort of breathe easy into the future and we all get more AEW. But I just, I feel like this is an aberration because of the stip. Mm -hmm. And because there's been such a wild oscillation between a disastrous number to number one on cable, I will need to see a few weeks of Moxley Mm -hmm. as champion if he can repeat his brilliant run as top guy in the pandemic before reaching a firm conclusion on how I expect AEW to perform. Ask us again in two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Which will give us another bullet point. There you go. <laughs> Be interested to see where they go from here, like you say, not just in terms of ratings, but in terms of booking now. And I don't want to be dismissive because it was probably one of the best pay-per-views of the year, if not the best pay-per-view of the year. Like, I don't want to say, now all the New Japan stuff's out of the way. Yeah. It's nice for them to focus back on AEW, but it does feel a little bit like that of like, right, okay, Tony can just get his eye back on the back on the ball in terms of just pure AEW and, and like you say, sorting out a multitude of issues with Everyone being bloody injured right yeah. now. So uh, we'll wait and see how that one goes. Don't chase the competition. Chase the dream. 
There you go, Tony. You can have that one. <laughs> Why would he want it? Oh, it just... Just in terms of numbers, don't don't look at trying to beat WWE. Isn't just the dream beating WWE. What, what would you dream about? No point three six. Um, loads week. of loads of money for a uh, uh, TV rights. rights yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. That's all it works. I think I think I just about got there. Uh, right, let's thoughts any of Rampage tonight on Twitter at What Culture WWE. Uh, well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcast. The uh, SmackDown preview is available right now. We'll be back later on today with Wrestle Culture with hashtag Bloody Good Quiz, of course. Uh, and we'll be back. Well, I won't. I've got Monday off, uh, but we will be back. Someone will. Uh, Reviewing Rampage on Monday, so good luck to the Dudley Boys with that one. You'd be fine, wouldn't you? Yeah. Without me, It'd probably be a better review of anything. No, honestly, like it's—I've got the intro, like muscle memory. Oh like, yeah, 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 like, ingrained in my head now. Whenever I try to do the outro, man, you're a goddamn pro. Thank you for joining us on Twitter. Just if in doubt, just just take one of these. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't my car. Nineties, nineties, nineties. There you go. Fun that, innit? Okay. See you later. <laughs> All right, well, thanks to Michael Cedric. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. We're gonna do it anyway.